Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. We're going to Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 26. And we're going to start here, but we're going to read on. And obviously, one of the things you always want to be aware of is you never want to hear that verse pop up and go, oh, again, because there's always something more to gain from this scripture. Amen. And so in Genesis chapter one, verse 26, we see the original intent of mankind come into play. And so it says here, it says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Everybody say dominion. And it says, over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be food. Also, to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and everything that creeps on the earth, in everything that he had made, Wait, did I skip it? Here you go. In which there is life. There we go. I have given every green herb for food. And it, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made. And indeed, it was very what? Good. So then there was evening. And then there was morning. And then the sixth day. So I read this whole passage. So that way we can get an understanding that God wanted us to be just like him. He wanted to have his original intent for man established here on earth. And so we're going to look at this because tonight we're talking about dominion and domain or domain and dominion. There you go. Domain and dominion. And so we're going to talk about these because obviously in today's culture, we don't use these terminology a lot. We don't even see it in our nation that we live in, but it's a very fundamental truth about how God wanted things run on the earth. And so the very first thing that we have to understand is that a kingdom is literally just a king's domain. Domain means territory. It means a place for him to rule over. And dominion literally means sovereign or supreme in authority. Sovereign, supreme in authority. The power of governing or controlling. And so when God says, let them have dominion, it paints a brand new picture. God is saying, let them have dominion, rule and authority and control over the earth. And he designed it from the very beginning that we would have that control. And he even goes on to say in Genesis chapter one, that he created everything. And he says, I have given you. And so God goes all through these five days and creates everything that we see for one purpose, for us. He designed every bit of it with us in mind. And he said, this is all great. After every day, it was good. He created light and he said, it is good. Everything that he was making, he said, man, this is perfect. Because he had in mind, because I'm gonna have someone else ruling over this. 
So I want it to be perfect for them. And so he makes everything. And obviously a domain is that territory over which a king exercises his authority. And so when we look at the earth, we are supposed to be, and the original intent was designed that we would be the kings over the earth. But we look around in our society, and I mean, you don't see kingly subjects going around ruling over the earth nowadays. You see the earth ruling over people. And so many people have this mindset about God and what the Bible says. And they have this view that instead of I'm here to rule the earth, because that's what God designed and intended. We now see it as people saying, well, I'm here on earth just waiting to get to heaven. And I will tell you right now, that's one of the saddest life you could ever live. Because going to heaven is a byproduct. It's because of Christ and it's because of our kingdom relationship with him that we are now not sorry sinners saved by grace or we're lost to the sin nature, but we are children of God. And we've learned that there's a difference between sons and citizens and that we are part of the citizenship of God. So we have the name that we can use. I'm not gonna go back into all those messages, but I highly encourage you to do so. But we're gonna look, and the original purpose of God is this, to extend the invisible kingdom of heaven to the visible earth. He wanted to extend his invisible kingdom of heaven to the visible earth. Then God wanted to expand his spiritual kingdom through the physical form. So he's taking what we can't see and he's creating something we can't. Then he goes on and he wants to fill the earth with the influence in the culture of heaven. Now, let me ask you this question. Do you see the influence in the culture of heaven in your daily lifestyle? No, because obviously this is the original intent. This is the very beginning before sin enters. And I know you're probably like, Pastor Caleb, well, what does that mean for us now? We're gonna get there. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll get there. I have like 17 pages of notes. And so we're gonna get there in no time. Just kidding, it's really only four. But you can ask our Kingdom Institute students. I can teach for a long time on two pages. So we, we won't go too long tonight. <laughs> but so he wanted to colonize earth with the kingdom of heaven is his whole design. So he said, I want people on the earth that represent me. So fast forward a little bit and we get Adam and Eve. And so obviously Adam and Eve were the closest thing to God that had ever walked the earth with God. Obviously Jesus talks about how God was walking in the cool of the day and that he was already here. But when we see Adam and Eve, before sin, they were in the perfect world. They were in a perfect realm. And I know Pastor Mark's already said this, but if Adam had never sinned, where would he be today? Right here. That's where he was designed to be. He wasn't designed to all of a sudden, you're here for a few years and then you're going to heaven. No, his design was on earth. That's why he was created from the dust of the earth. And so we go on and we see that God wanted to establish his dominion and his rule and his reign from the very beginning. So we see man falls, he disobeys the word of the king and they eat the fruit. And so now sin nature comes in. The devil now takes authority over that realm. And so now he is unlawfully ruling the earth. He's not a king and we'll see this. But the king is supposed to have control over the domain, but you see Adam lost it. 
Adam handed over his authority, his dominion to Satan. And so we go over and we see that this was an original design for domain and dominion from the very beginning. So Daniel chapter four, we see that it, let's just read Daniel chapter four, verse 34. And it says, um, let's see, at the end of verse 34, we're going to pick it up. And they start talking about he, this King Nebuchadnezzar, and he has a realization. He says, his eyes, he lifts his eyes towards heaven and he says, my reason returned to me and I blessed the most high and I praised and honored him who lives forever and his dominion is everlasting dominion and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. And then it goes on to say, and all the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, but he does according to his will in the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants on earth. And no one could ward off his hand or say to him, what have you done? And so obviously we see that this man, King Nebuchadnezzar, has already had a vision that God is in control. He's originally designed for him to have dominion on earth from heaven, but he was supposed to use men. And so now we're trying to get back. And if you go through scripture, you can start from Genesis chapter three and go all the way through to Matthew. And you can see what they call the scarlet thread weaving through scriptures, generation after generation of God's original plan for man coming back to the earth. Because even Pastor Mark has ministered on restoring the kingdom that Adam had lost. You don't restore something if you don't place it back to its original position. So it took some time. It took some men and some generations to go through for God to weave his plan back into the earth. And so we go on and we see over in Psalms, Psalms chapter 10, verse 16, it says, The Lord is king forever and ever. Nations have perished from his land. Then over in Psalms 145, 13, it says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. And then here's one of my favorite scriptures. And I pulled it up tonight in the Passion Translation because I love how it reads. But it's found in Psalms 115, verse 16. And it says, the heavens belong to our God. And it says, they are his alone. But he has given us the what? Earth. And put us in what? Charge. So here we are on the earth. And we see so much stuff going on around us. And we keep asking the question, well, God, why would you let that happen? That's a dangerous question to ask. So many people want the answer, but really they don't expect the answer that he will give. Because you see that through this scripture right here, the heavens are the Lord, but the earth he has given to who? Men. Us. So now we have to ask the question, what are we doing? What's happening? What are we allowing? And we'll get there. But we're going to go on again. And we're going to look at this because... A domain, in order to have a kingdom, you have to have two things. A king has to have two things. He has to have dominion and he has to have domain because you cannot say I am a king and yet you have no territory to rule over. Doesn't work. And so here we are in the earth on the earth that God created from the very beginning, but yet there is what I've, always heard of an unlawful ruler 
or this tyrant that has come in, obviously Satan. But who's ever heard the term kingdom of darkness? Well, we're going to see tonight that in order to be, have a kingdom, you got to be a king. Satan never was a king or never will be a king. So he's really just occupying a space. And really, we know the end, and so we've already got the victory. We're just now gaining territory. The kingdom is always advancing. It's always taking more territory. He hates it because he knows that his days are numbered and that whenever it all comes down to the very end, he loses and that the kingdom will be reestablished on earth. Even after we go to heaven and we are in heaven rejoicing, it says that they saw a new Jerusalem coming back to earth. We're made for here. And so in Colossians chapter one, verse 13, we've all heard this before, but it says, for he has rescued us from the what? Domain. It's not his kingdom because he's not a king. But you see, we, with the name of Christ, are kings. So it goes on and it says, for he has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. So you have to understand that in this domain, in this dominion mindset, in the kingdom realities that we're talking about, the devil has no kingdom. He has no authority. But he's occupying a space, so he has a domain. He has a territory, and that's the earth. Anybody who does not know Christ or has not confessed him as Lord, they are a part of his domain. But you see, Christ has already come to rescue and transfer us out of that. And he said, I've already paid the cost. All you have to do is freely accept it and you now can come into the kingdom and you will have a king, the authority that comes with it. And the king is then obligated to take care of his children. When have you ever seen a king not take care of his own family? Very rarely, especially in scripture, when you follow after the kings that were actually godly and they followed the biblical example, they took care of their family. They had the best things that they needed. And so then we go on and Jesus is our best example of occupying this space and having dominion over this domain. And so Pilate goes to him one day right before he's to be crucified. And over in John chapter 18, Verse 33, Pilate starts this conversation with Jesus. And he says, therefore, Pilate entered again into the perineum and he summoned Jesus and he said to him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him and he said, are you saying this on your own initiative or did others tell you about me? And Pilate answered and said, I am not a Jew, am I? He says, your own nation and the chief priests delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered and he said, my kingdom is not of this world. But if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. And therefore, Pilate said to him, so you are a king. And Jesus answered him. And this is something that shocked a lot of people, shocked Pilate. But Jesus answered him and he said, you say correctly, that I am a king. And for this, I have been born. And for this, I have come into the world to testify of the truth to everyone who hears this 
or here's this of this truth, here's my voice. And so Jesus shows up and he says, I am the king, but my kingdom's not of this realm. It's not of this world. And so it goes right back to his original intent. God wanted to make his unseen heavenly kingdom in the seen world. So Jesus is just going about the plan and he's walking through. And obviously we know that because of the cross, he was able to not only die for all of our sins, but since he was the blameless and spotless lamb that had never sinned, they murdered a innocent man. So now he went down, spent three days in hell, and then the Holy Spirit brought him back. And he's the only one in record that we can see that he died. Well, second one in record, because Lazarus did the same thing. He called him back. He said, Lazarus, come forth. But Jesus came back, and when he came back, he brought the kingdom with him. But see, here's the thing is that so many people were looking for a literal kingdom with Jesus. Lord, when are you going to establish your kingdom back here on this earth? But what they were missing is that he already was working on it. When Jesus died, he gave us access to the kingdom of God through our hearts, through our spirit man. And that whenever he gave us the new life and he said, I'm gonna be the savior of the world. I'm gonna bring the redemption to mankind. I'm gonna reestablish the kingdom. He didn't literally say, I'm gonna come and bring a whole nation. They're gonna come up. But he said, but we're going to gain the territory of your heart back to God. Because you have to understand this territory that you have is a skin suit of dirt. It is made from the dust of the earth. And so when God said, we're gonna reestablish the kingdom, he said, I'm gonna reestablish my kingdom in the hearts of men. I'm going to establish them so that way they will occupy the space that they're in. And they will rule and they will reign just as I did in heaven, but they will do it in their space. They will do it in their earth. They will do it in their realm. And so we'll get there. But Jesus had a moment and he was with his disciples and he was ministering. We're gonna go over to Mark chapter four. Mark chapter four, verse 35. Mark chapter four, verse 35. Because you have to understand when you are in the kingdom of God, when you are occupying the space that God has given you, you have the authority of heaven for the earth. You do. And I believe it was John Wesley once said that it's, you would think, let me get this right. It's as if God could do nothing unless man prays. And really, if you think about it, we're the ones that dictate what goes on. It says that angels are waiting. They are at the ready for you to say something. And it's, it's one of those concepts that you really have to understand. You have to get the mindset that we aren't just under the angels. God didn't make us a little bit lower than the angels. We're right there with Jesus. He is seated on the throne next to the father. And he said, he is our advocate. He is the one interceding for us. He is our representation to God. So in your mindset, don't think, well, there's God, there's Jesus, then there's angels, then there's me. No, we bypass all those. They said there's angels that are longing to see what we see. 
They're longing for the things that we get to be a part of because they can't. Because we have been given the rule and reign and the rights and the privilege of sons. And so now it's our responsibility to occupy that space. And so we're going to skip to the Passion Translation, um, Andre, because we're going to read it in the Passion Translation. But I love how this paints a picture because Jesus is obviously, he just got done ministering and, it's, and it starts in verse 35 like this. And it says, later that day, after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. After they had sent the crowds away, they shoved off from the uh, shore with him. And he had been teaching from the boat and there were other boats that sailed with them. Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious tempest arose with violent winds and waves and they were crashing into the boat until it was all but swamped. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion. So they, took, they shook him awake saying, teacher, don't you even care that we are all about to die? Fully awake, he rebuked the storm and he shouted to the sea, he said, hush, calm down. And all at once, the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. Then he turned to his disciples and he said to them, why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? And he says, but they were overwhelmed with fear and awe and said to one another, who is, get this, get this. Who is this man who has such authority that even the wind and waves obey him? Who is this man that has such authority that even the winds and waves obey him? This is a man that knows his position. Obviously, this is Jesus, but we have to understand that when we talk about what Jesus did, he said, greater things will you do. And so you have to get this in your mindset that I'm not a sorry sinner saved by grace. I'm a child of the king and that I have the same authority that Jesus did when he was on this earth, he's given it now to me to occupy this space. And so when things are going crazy around you, I laugh today because I called my parents and I'm looking at the radar. I'm looking at Hurricane Dorian. I'm watching it right outside of Jacksonville and St. Augustine, just rotating. I had to laugh because I called them and I said, hey, how are you guys? My dad goes, FaceTime me. I'm at work. I said, all right, I'll FaceTime you really quick. There was nothing, not even a tree limb falling down. I mean, it was a light sprinkle. And he goes, were you expecting anything less? I said, well, honestly, no, I wasn't. I wasn't even worried about you guys. I was just curious because I'm looking at the radar. And he said, no, we, we haven't had anything. You can't tell me that it just magically just went back out to sea when all the predictions are saying it's gonna hit straight up Florida and go all the way up through Georgia and go through the Carolinas. And they're talking the doom and gloom. But you see, Pastor Earl posted a thing on one of the social medias. I don't even remember. But he said, the world looks at the situations and that's what they're doing is they're looking at it and they're talking about it. He said, the church speaks to those situations and they watch it change. And see, that's where dominion comes into play. That's good, that's good. Jesus occupied in that same authority that we just did over that hurricane. Jesus got up and he said, peace be still. 
And all of a sudden it obeyed his voice. Why did it obey his voice? Because it heard the creator. You have to understand we are made in the image and the likeness of God, the creator of all things. He created everything with you in mind and said, I'm making all this so that way they can rule over it. They can have dominion. Jesus did this again one day when he was walking down the road and all of a sudden he looks at a fig tree and he sees the fig tree and he walks over to it and he realizes there's no figs. And he says, curse at your root and just keeps walking. And all of a sudden on their way back, the disciples go, master, look at the tree that you cursed the other day. It is withered at its roots. Jesus is sitting there going, what? What about it? Yeah, I cursed it, it died. That's what happens. But they were amazed because he was occupying his space. He was operating in his authority. And that whenever he spoke, things changed. And so we're going to look back now at Colossians chapter 1. And we just read Colossians chapter 1, 13 and 14. But we're going to read 13 through 23. And it, I love the picture that it paints. So Colossians chapter one, verse 13, it says, for he has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created both in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and he's the firstborn from the dead so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And he says, and although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If indeed you continue in the faith firmly established, steadfast, not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard. It says, which was proclaimed in all creation under the heavens of which I, Paul, have made a minister. This is huge because not only was Jesus the first and the last, he was the one that was the head over everything. Every dominion that was ever named was under him. But it says that we have now, we once were hostile. We were in the wrong mindset. We were against God in that fleshly world. But he said he has now reconciled us back through his son. He has given us now that hope, that dominion that he had. And so now it's our responsibility. It's our choice now to be able to occupy the space. And so whenever Jesus is talking about the original intent, we see this picture that it paints that Jesus was the head, but you have to understand now that we are in Christ. 
we live, we move, and we have our being in him. So when we read this, guess where we're at? With Christ. We are in the authority. We are the head and not the tail. We are the ones that speak to the seas and they have to obey. We speak to sickness and it has to change because we now have this dominion over the world. Now, let me say this really quick. Did you know God never intended for man to rule over men? It wasn't a part of his plan. He wanted men to rule the earth together. But you see, because of the fall, now we have this rulership, conquering ship mindset that comes into play where they just want to take more. They want to expand their territories. And obviously we see this in our today's culture. I mean, we have nations fighting against nations for territory. But you see, one of the ones that still occupies in this kingdom mindset is Great Britain. And see, they have realms of commonwealth. So they go into a nation, establish their rule, their authority, their governing system. They put in their, everything that they occupy with, they do this. Obviously, the Bahamas was one of the ones that got hit really bad. But that's under the commonwealth of Great Britain. And they have a system in place that they'll have to occupy. And Great Britain will now then go to the aid of the Bahamas because that's in their territory. So yes, they are an island out in the middle of nowhere, but you have to understand there is something way bigger that is attached to them. They have a lot of these different things. You can look it up under the Commonwealth realm or regions under Great Britain. They have to do things a certain way. Dr. Miles Monroe was a phenomenal minister And one of the things that he talked about, he was from the Bahamas. He had a ministry in Nassau. He died a few years back. It was pretty sad. But he constantly talked about how he was raised under that kingdom mindset. So for this, it was easy for him to wrap his head around. Because, I mean, when the royalty came to town, they had full classes on how they were supposed to act, how they were supposed to respond, how they were supposed to stand, everything just for the entrance of the royalty. And so he said, obviously, whenever he found out about how the God's original intent for man was about establishing a kingdom, not a religion, it was easy for him to grasp it because he was born in that stuff. He was from another nation that wasn't even close to the home nation, but anytime they came, it occupied by the same rules. So now he's looking at this saying, Okay, so God, you wanted an invisible kingdom world to occupy in another place called earth. But it was supposed to represent exactly what heaven was doing down here. It was easy for him to grasp because he was already doing that. And so for us, we live in the United States and we don't see this representation. So that's why it's important that we go to the word and we find out what scripture says. And obviously when it comes to dominion in your domain, We all have a domain. I didn't know if you knew that or not. And what we like to reference it as is your sphere of influence. It's your job. It's your locations that you frequent all the time. I mean, who's got that one place that you walk in and they know your name? Okay, I guess I'm the only one. Awesome. Great. Cool. That's cool. But 
there's those places that we go. And I mean, I used to go to Chick-fil-A all the time where I walked in and they would already have my order ready the moment I walked up there to order it because they knew what I was going to order because I worked right next door. So it just, it worked out that way. But here's the thing is that we all have spheres of influence. We have our domain that we have been placed in. So just get this, wrap your mind around this. So you're going to work Monday morning to your job. You're going to school, Mom Myrna. You're going to your classroom. So the moment your foot touches the threshold of the door, the kingdom just walked in there. You don't just walk in as Mama Myrna, Miss Myrna, Miss Torres, whatever they call you. You don't just walk in as Miss Torres. But see, what they don't understand is that there's a whole kingdom standing behind her ready and waiting, waiting for her to say, move. So when you walk into your workplace or you walk into your world, it's not just you. It's not just you walking into VSU and going to a classroom to sit down and just learn something. It's you walking in and saying, the kingdom of God is with me today. There's royalty in this room. They just don't know about it. So Lord, what would you have me do today? And he might be waiting on you. He might be saying, what are we going to do today? And see, there's, there's something we have. Oh man, it's awesome. It's called the helper, the Holy Spirit. And honestly, it's one of those things that I am so thankful for. Because there's situations that we get faced with. There's situations we get placed in that might not be the best situation. But instead of freaking out, we learned a long time ago that when you get faced with a trial, it's not chaos. It's not, it's not this depressing thing. It's an opportunity where everyone else is freaking out and they're running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And they don't know what to do and they don't know how to respond. The Bible says that in the right timing, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak. Well, guess what? When you speak it, it's as if the king spoke it himself. So the next time you're faced with a situation, the next time you're faced with a problem, don't view it as a problem. Say, Holy Spirit, how do we need to act? How do we need to operate? What do we need to release? Because I'm serious. We got to get in this mindset that the kingdom of God is waiting for us to speak. When the world is looking at chaos and looking at all these situations and hurricanes coming and they're thinking it is doom and gloom and you're going to die. We have such a overwhelming peace that is within us that we can say, no, we're not. I think I'm going to go take a nap on a cushion. You know, wake me up when it gets really bad. Jesus was doing this. He was taking a nap on the boat. Just imagine you're on the boat and it is rocking to and fro. And it is filling up with water that is almost swamped. I mean, first of all, how did Jesus not feel the water and wake up? That's what I want to know. It must have been some really, really sweet sleep. But... When he woke up, you can almost sense that he was angry. Why did you wake me up? I mean, with Ella, dear Lord. 
that kid is taking a nap, you let her take a nap. Because you wake her up too early, and it is a little bear you are about to tackle. I mean, it is, it is bad. But I almost see Jesus that way, that he's looking at his disciples saying, you don't, have you not learned anything yet? Calm down. And all of a sudden, they, winds calm down. And all of a sudden, it left them so amazed that it says they were in fear and awe, saying, what type of authority is he occupying? It's kingdom. He's occupying the kingdom authority. And then when he went to the cross, came back, met with his disciples, he said, guess what? I'm going to send you out now. I'm going to give you authority to cast out demons. I'm going to give you authority now to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I'm going to give you authority now to go and make more disciples. And so he transferred that authority and that dominion that he had and that he was occupying with. And he said, now it's yours, go use it. And so what we're going to wrap up with tonight is this domain that we have, the territory that we occupy in our daily life. Here in Valdosta, if we travel, wherever you go, guess what? That's your domain. That's where God has placed you to rule over. So the only person that's responsible for that area is you. So if something's happening and something's going on, you got to ask yourself, Lord, is this an opportunity? Holy Spirit, what do I need to say? Holy Spirit, what can I, what can I do? We were, in, we were in Puerto Rico one time for a mission trip. And I, I remember this like yesterday. And it was amazing. So we're, I'll say this and we'll close and we'll pray. But me and Pastor Earl had stayed back in. At the time, our pastors had a house on a mountaintop um, that we had over in Puerto Rico. And their house was made out of all concrete and the roof leaked. So we had to paint the roof with this special sealer to stop the roof from leaking. And so we're up there and we only have two days to do this whole remodel stuff. And so a whole group of people went out and they were doing these little door-to-door crusades, walking through, inviting people. And so Pastor Earl said, hey, I need some guys to stay back. And said, Pastor Earl, I'll stay with you. And so we're sitting there and we're working. Well, all of a sudden, we're sitting on top of one of the mountains right over by San Juan. And we realize that the rain's coming in. Well, we're not done with the roof. We only have today to paint it. And this thing's supposed to be dry for at least 12 hours. And so we're sitting there and Pastor Earl goes, you know what we're going to have to do? That wasn't my first initial thought. So... Good for you, because I'm like, yeah, we're going to have to do this at night whenever it's dry, because it's about to rain. Pastor Earl said, we're going to pray. Stop. He goes, stop painting for a second. He goes, we're going to reach our hands. We're going to extend our hands up. We're going to command it to split and move, and it's got to go someplace else, but it will not rain here. And he said, you with me? I am now. Let's do this. So... I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I'm on top of the roof and he says, hey, I got to go do some other stuff. I need you to continue to paint and keep praying over the, the sky to split. I'm thinking, oh Lord, I, I felt like a disciple. Jesus, wake up, wake up, Jesus. It's time for you to do something. And so he said, stay up here and you keep painting 
and I'm going to go do some other stuff. So I'm keep on painting, keep on going. I'm praying, I'm looking up, and I'm like, wow, that's really dark. And all of a sudden, you see right above the house, it's like the clouds hit like a knife. And all of a sudden, it starts splitting. Well, that really is a faith bump right there. I mean, that's like, oh, all right, let's do this. So we kept praying. We kept painting. And all of a sudden, we watched those clouds split. And all of a sudden, it went all around the house. And then when it got past the property line, you could see it over the next mountaintop, join back together and keep going on. So in the meantime, the whole group's down walking on the streets, getting soaked. <laughs> Everyone's soaked. So they come back to the house and say, well, I guess you guys didn't get a lot of stuff done, did you? I said, actually, we finished everything. They were like, how? It poured on us. They were like, we are drenched. And all of a sudden they start looking around and they're like, it really didn't rain here, did it? So Pastor Earl's looking at me and he goes, we know, we know what happened. And so it was, it was a few years ago when we were down there, he, he had us stand up, had me stand up just to testify about that because it's one of those things that you hear stories, but until you see it yourself, you don't understand that that's your authority. They, the winds and waves are literally listening for the creator. And you have to understand that when you speak, you're speaking the creator's voice and you occupy this realm just like God's doing in heaven. So what God says, it goes. That's what supreme and authority means. That whatever he says, that's the law. Even over in scripture, it says over in Ecclesiastes, where the word of the king is, there's power. So the next time you're faced with a situation, next time we got one of these hurricanes rolling into the East Coast or wherever else, and all of a sudden they're talking about doom and gloom, guess what? You've been placed here for that reason. You've been placed here that the, everyone else in the whole earth is watching, going, oh, we lucked out. Man, that was so close. But yet we're sitting over here going, that wasn't close at all. It just did what we asked it to. It moved off. Where they're saying it's going to be catastrophic and the worst thing that's ever hit Florida's coast, we're getting sprinkles. And so just know that that's your dominion. That's your position in Christ is that what you say moves things. It causes things to change because of who you are in Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithaboutaustin.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.